0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time.
1: Market view on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. The start of the second half has been a fairly more benign one for greater Chinese markets. And despite a couple of hiccups here and there, it uh, doesn't approach the downturn that we saw since the start of the year of the AUX. Uh, or of the new Lunar New Year, um, when while things are fairly stable, there are still a few question marks, mainly coming from uh, signs, at least, of the Chinese economic bounce back starting to cool off or perhaps peak just a little bit. Of course, COVID-19 concerns also continue to um, hit many markets across the Asia-Pacific region. And to talk about oh, the outlook for markets, given all of these new complexities, we're joined once again today on Money FM 89.3 by Mr. Peter Chun, the founder of Silverberg Capital out in Hong Kong, to share with us his outlook on markets in Greater China and across the uh, emerging market space as well, especially when you take into account all of these new developments. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these uncertain times. And welcome back to the show, sir. Good afternoon. I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much. Love to be on. All right, Peter. So listen, the big concern now for many markets, which really influenced a lot of these shakes and volatility in recent times, is COVID-19 cases back on the rise across the globe. Markets seem to be struggling for reasons to either move up or down. Some days, like say Monday, we saw investors spooked about the COVID-19 resurgence. Other days, like say today, we're seeing them shrug th- these sh- worries off. Is rising volatility and a seeming lack of direction problematic for markets based on your experience uh, investing and covering markets for the last for the part of uh, the last couple of decades?
0: Well, I mean, the, definitely the volatility is being 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 seen across the board. Um, so um, this, I would would say, is kind of like a adjustment um, type of. Um, it's like a crossroad uh, for a lot of people. So it's like, you, should we take the right or should we take the left? So um, I think uh, there is no. Uh, indicator that would allow the market to make a decision as of now. So that's why you're seeing a lot of volatility about people betting on one side and the other side as well. So um, COVID um, and all the other component would, would probably um, have to come in as well when, when people making a decision on, on things because um, everybody is trying to speculate how the COVID is going to change the world and how the business are being done and who is going to be able to take advantage of the situation and who is being... Able to um, to come up with a solution to manage the situation as well. So um, I think it's basically a crossroad at the moment. So um, let's see if other indicators will pop up uh, as they come along and then um, pinpoint um,
1: um, the the market to 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 to, to a direction. All right. So Peter, you know you also devote quite a bit of time actually looking at emerging markets, not just in Asia but across the globe. Now emerging markets and the respective economies have proven to be rather vulnerable to these rising COVID-19 infections. You can throw a stone anywhere in the emerging market space and you're bound to hit an economy that's really been ravaged by the resurgence in infections. How is this impacting your outlook for the emerging market space? Are there any pockets of uh, opportunities that might still be uh, available or do you think that emerging markets are going to have to be um, uh, you know, uh, handled with caution given a lot of the uncertainty that's really developed? well
0: um there there is some um talks about the emerging market about to break out so but um we've been we've been paying attention to the emerging market quite a bit and um it's what we call the trading nations that we're paying attention to especially so um these these nations tend to tend to um uh give us surprises uh during these um uh, unique times especially with COVID and the trade war between china and us as well Um, I would probably say we should continue to put faith into these uh, emerging markets. Um, I think the performances are being reasonable uh, despite all the negative impacts uh, uh, around the economy as well due to COVID. So um, I would generally um, say the the emerging market is is still good to go
1: um, uh, based on on, uh, our watch. Mm-hmm. Any if particular pockets of emerge in the emerging markets that uh, you think might be um, more lucrative than others, uh, given your fairly, oh, you're still slightly optimistic outlook at least for emerging markets.
0: Yes, yeah, so especially for example, um, anything that uh, that's technology-wise within mobile attachment. So anything that is have to do with your cell phone mm-hmm. uh, in the in, in the emerging market will be very good to look at. Uh medical uh again is something that we, we, we would propose to to look at, uh because a lot of the emerging markets actually um uh, uh coming in to support um the COVID um, uh, solutions as well but by providing maybe producing masks at a, at a, at a lower cost but um, while the cost is good there's still FDA approved um, so you know quality was not being defeated because of the, of the of the cheaper cost. so these are the things that we are seeing that um, had still um, well
1: a, a good momentum put it that way good momentum uh, to to what they're doing. All right. We're slipping to Mr. Peter Chun, the founder of Silver Capital here on Money FM 89.3. Believe it or not, Peter. Well, a lot of people, you know, despite it being the second-largest economy in the world, China is still considered a developing market. But for the most part, they've been fairly steady in the last two to three weeks, especially mainland Chinese equities. What's been propping sentiment up in mainland China, based on what you're seeing? Is this the expectations of looser monetary policy, perhaps from the PBOC, or just uh, the belief that China may be bet- handling? These COVID nineteen outbreaks better than mo- almost all nations in the world at the moment.
0: Um, I think the COVID uh, handling did, did 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 add a plus um, to the scenario. Correct. I would totally agree with that. Um, but it doesn't mean uh, that is the kind of the, the truth behind it. I think the um, the policy handling uh, did help a little bit. Um, And the the recent oil pricing uh, coming back over 70 bucks per barrel did help a little bit because um, oil um, reserve is quite a huge amount with China right now. And um, I think um, everybody is kind of um, uh, reading that the Chinese government had um, a prepped up themselves for the ripple effect from the COVID as well, not because they handled the COVID correctly, but they have prepared uh, for the negative impact from the ripple effect from the COVID since last year. So they've been intervening uh, different sectors in China right now, uh, uh, industry-wise, to assist these um, uh,
1: industries to to not fall apart because of COVID. Peter, when we talk about companies in China that seem to be on the verge of collapsing or falling apart, there is the issue surrounding one of their largest developers, China Evergrande. We did hear today that four major banks in Hong Kong have decided to suspend offering mortgages for any of their upcoming projects in Hong Kong. And there are still some concerns as to whether or not they will meet some of these um, debt obligations, liquidity issues, also hitting um, uh, China Evergrande. Um, can you talk to us about what your outlook is for China Evergrande? And more specifically, if the worst does happen, what kind of fallout for broader markets in mainly China and Hong Kong could a collapse of China Evergrande have across uh, across the markets?
0: Well, I think um, uh, everybody is kind of uh, reading uh, the Evergrande um, um, outlook um, with a mindset saying "Mm, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, financially, uh, I I, I don't think anybody will have a dispute on that. But I think um, the the bank stopping their acceleration uh, of the projects in Hong Kong uh, is a good start. Because I think um, Evergrande, um, if they work correctly with, with the regulators or other um, government agencies uh, which they're closely attached to, um, you know, after all, they are a very big corporate um, in China. Um, the, to to kind of you know stop a little bit, stop the acceleration, um, take a look uh, what's going on, restructuring themselves a little bit, and and started to kind of untie all the other. Um, problems that they have before they move ahead. So this is actually a good news to their shareholder. If you, you know if you you anybody is their investors, and it's good news for China uh, economy as a whole because uh, somebody like evergrand of this size and shape and form would probably affect all the other uh, players uh, similarly in China uh, with regards to bank lending as well. So it's important that um Evergrande would. Would um, liaise uh, with with uh, uh, advisors around them to to say, okay, well, yeah, I will stop moving forward. I will not. I will not borrow more. I will take a look what's going on first. I would restructure, and then before after that, then we will move forward again. So I think uh, you know this is this is actually
1: good news. Mm-hmm. But is Evergrande uh, perhaps too big to fail? Now we've seen China not shy away from perhaps taking some of their biggest corporations to task. But is Evergrande perhaps too big to fail? And I guess it goes back to my question as to what what's the worst that can happen? Should Evergrande f- uh, for and heaven forbid they actually fold? If the worst happens and Evergrande does fall apart, how bad could the fallout be for markets?
0: Well, I mean, if 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 Evergrande does failed, uh, then obviously you know you'll go into bankruptcy, or some white knight will come over and take over and restructure the loan. That's kind of the normal um, uh, landscapes that that we see. Uh, somebody would just come popped up, you know, from from the open and say, okay, well, I'll be the white knight and 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 restructure this, or maybe China or Evergrande will be able to successfully restructure. That's another option, but if all things fail. Obviously, this would um, this would create a, a domino effect around uh, the banking system as well, because you know all the banks are then um, being being knee, in need to review the portfolio correctly and put adequate reserve to back up their mortgage loan, um, because this incident suddenly happened, which they were not well not expected uh, during their their, their um, um relationship with grant. So um, then again, this um, this domino effect will then of course slow down the whole real estate development sectors because le- bank is lending slowly rather than normally, um, and then uh, this will just go back and you know into the ecosystem, um, slowing everything down because real estate is a major component in
1: in the economy. So uh, so that's that's basically what I what I do see. All right, uh, Peter Chun, founder of Silverberg Capital. Thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to share with us your outlook on uh, markets in, across the emerging market space and in, out in Greater China, as well as addressing some of the concerns uh, that uh, may come with the risks facing one of the largest re- developers in the mainland uh, uh, China, Evergrande. As always, I wish you, Peter, and your loved ones continued health and safety during these uncertain times. We look forward to the next time you can join us in the show. Meanwhile, have a great rest of your Thursday ahead, sir. Thank you.